welcome to the Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora. In today's episode, we want to talk about uh, the gospel is not a message of morality. <laughs> I may have just pushed a few buttons right there. But let me just go ahead and define for you what morality is. Got two definitions, one's short, one's a little bit longer. In short, morality is proper behavior. Another definition is the differentiation of intentions, decisions, and actions between those that are good or right and those that are bad or evil. Sounds familiar, right? Genesis chapter 2. The one of the one of the trees in the garden was described as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, also known as morality. The tree of morality was the only tree God told Adam and Eve not to eat from. Guys, we've got to see that. We've got to realize that morality Knowing good and evil, making decisions based on this is a good decision, so I'm going to do it because it's the, the one I'm supposed to. And this is an evil decision. Uh, I shouldn't do it, so I'm not going to. That is not God's intended way for us to live. Now, I know the objections that are out there when I say that. Well, Justin, what you're saying is it's a free-for-all, do whatever you want. No, I'm not. Because the, the tree that he called us to live from was the tree of life. Guess what, guys? Sin doesn't have life on it. In fact, the wages of sin is death. God didn't say eat from the tree of death. He said eat from the tree of life. But here's the truth, guys. When you know the relationship you have with God, when you live from His life and His power, you make good choices as a byproduct, not as the target. I'm not trying to make good choices. I am living in relationship with God and his life is motivating, spurring me on, giving me desire to live in accordance with who I really am, which is a derivative of who he is. It's his life in me. He changed my desires. He changed my thought processes. He changed the inside of me. I am congruent with him. Therefore, my message is not a message of morality. My message is a message of life. I am declaring the life of God. And what that does in men and women is it... it causes something to rise called faith or trust in a person to find their life in the source of life, not in their own efforts to be good enough or their own efforts. And here's the funny thing, guys. Honestly, think about this. Even going after sin, even going after every kind of evil this way or that, do you realize it's the same system of being good enough. It's just the source that you're trying to be good enough for is changing. So let's say, um, let's just, let's do some of the biggies. This will be fun. <laughs> let's say drunkenness. Okay. Do you realize <clears throat> most people's issue with alcohol begins as an acceptance issue among friends? In other words, I'm trying to be good enough 
for what I perceive you want so that you will accept me and I will feel like I'm a part. Do you realize that's a right desire to be accepted, to be a part of something? Those are right desires. Even, um, even in healthy community, that, that experience of acceptance and being a part, of, those are right things. God put that there. He, he's got that. That's how he lives. He, he is an accepting father. Therefore, he put in us the desire to be accepted because he wants to accept us. What it is, is we've shifted the source to, a, to an entity, to a person, to an ideal that is incomplete at best. And at worst, um, wants to take advantage of us. So let's take um, being addicted to, let's say, pornography or, or sexual sin. In the end, if you look at it, what is the, the root desire that is at work? It is, I want to feel intimate. I want to be close. I want to be known. Do you realize that's godly? It's just being, it's trying to be satisfied in something that doesn't satisfy. Not because God is this cosmic killjoy who's just trying to shoot down everything that we think is fun, but because God knows that is a broken well, it won't. It was never intended to satisfy. In fact, it was never even my idea, and it was only because of Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve eat from the wrong tree, the tree of morality, that this is even an option. It was never an option in, I don't think, in Adam and Eve's mind prior to eating from the tree of morality, because all they knew was life. They didn't know right and wrong. They just knew life, and life worked, and life was relationship with God and relationship with each other. That was life. And it was satisfying. And it was good. So we have to realize, guys, that the gospel is not a call to morality. And we've been, honestly, we've been hoodwinked if we think that's what it is. And what's happening is, guys, we're we are not calling what God called evil. We are calling what God called evil good. <laughs> you guys are probably familiar with this passage in uh, Isaiah 5, verse 20. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, and who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And we've always looked at that through the, the lens of, well, when people are saying that... Uh, let's just use um, let's use something in the, today's society. When people are saying that abortion's okay because a woman has a right to choose, that's a sign of the times. We're calling evil good, and I'm not saying that some of that's not happening, and maybe there's some truth to that. But guys, ultimately. The biggest one that none of that nobody seems to be seeing is when we call the gospel a call to morality. We're calling what God originally said don't touch the very thing that we're saying this is the message of God. That is deception. Guys, <clears throat> it's not that deceiving to call abortion good. I'm like, I, it's just not. It's stupid. <laughs> it's like 
That doesn't even make sense. Or to call bank robbing, like, robbing a bank is a good idea. No, it's not. Or murder. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, obvious things, nobody's getting fooled. I mean, this is not true. Where everyone's getting fooled is when we think the gospel is a message of morality. I want you to think about that. And I'm not advocating for a free-for-all and a license to do whatever you want. That doesn't work. That is very clear. My goodness. But what really doesn't work is trying to be good enough. What really doesn't work is trying to earn your way into relationship with God. And here's the truth, guys. We all know the right things to say. Well, of course, it's not about earning. It's a free gift, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? That's not how we live practically. The way we live practically is we try to be good enough. We try to look at our behaviors as a way to merit God moving in our lives. We try to to own something that God never called us to own. We try to be responsible enough. We try to be serious enough. We try to be committed enough. You're not. That's why Jesus had to die. (laughs) He didn't have to die because simply because we were immoral. That I mean, that is true. I'm not denying that. But he had to die because we thought we could do it. He had to break that power over humanity to recognize you need a savior. Your efforts are never going to be enough. So I'm just going to say it again, guys. The gospel is not a call to morality. But it's a call to eat from the right tree, the tree of life. And oh, by the way, guess what? The tree of life, one of the byproducts of it is morality. (laughs) When you are feasting on the life of Jesus, when you are feasting on his vibrant power that is at work in you because of what he accomplished in his life, death, burial, and resurrection, guess what you're going to do? Make right choices. Why? Because you're going to think right. Why? Because you're believing right. Why? Because he is sourcing all of that in his sustaining life. You will live a moral life, but it's not about morality. It's just like, well, this is life-giving. Why wouldn't I do it? Or that's not life-giving. Why would I do that? Right? It's not this thing. It's not this judgment thing of, I really want to do that. It's like, I really don't want to do that. (laughs) That actually has no draw for me. Actually, I would rather eat a handful of dirt, as I've heard someone else say. I would rather eat a handful of dirt than do that. That is just dumb. Why would I want to do that? This is the gospel, guys. It, it, It removes the desire for sin. It removes... It removes it because Christ defeated it. I don't, I, I don't, it's like that doesn't exist in me anymore. Uh, why are you asking that question? Like the question becomes irrelevant. <laughs> now, is it true that at times we can believe a lie and come under something and sin? Absolutely. 
My goodness. And therefore, we confess. We repent. But repentance isn't, oh, I'm so bad. Repentance is, I'm thinking wrong. Holy Spirit, show me the lie. Expose it. It's going to a friend and saying, man, I've been under this. Can you help me see right? I, I, I'm, I'm not seeing right. Remind me of who I really am. So there's a place for all that. But it's just not the price tag for fellowship with God. It is... It is, uh, it is the byproduct of being deeply accepted and loved by God. He's going to help us deal with that stuff. Not because he's angry, but because he loves us. And because it doesn't bring life. And he is committed to us living from the source of where we really are, which is Christ. He is our source. So now, all of this uh, morality flows from our relationship and our union with the Godhead. It's not a price tag for relationship with the union and the Godhead. So what if we stop asking, is this right or wrong? But rather, is there life here? Is there his life, his resurrection life? Is it motivating me? Is it sustaining me? Is it compelling me in this action? Or is it merely obligation and duty that's making me do this? Guys, I'm telling you, as I have given up on obligation, I have given up on duty. I have given up on, I'm going to do this because I'm supposed to. I've given up on it. I'm done with it. I'm not doing it anymore. And you know what God has done? He has brought certain things back around, but now they're based in desire. They're not based in duty. They're not based in obligation. They're not based in have-tos. They're based in get-tos. And there was a season where I was just like, I'm not doing it. Sorry. And you know what? Now I have a burning passion for those things. Burning. I want it. I want to do it. Not because I feel like I'm supposed to. Not because I feel like I need to impress you. Not because I feel like I need to tell you what I'm doing so that you so I feel justified in your eyes. I don't care what you think. <laughs> most days. There are days I do. But most days I don't. It's because it's life. There is life in loving lost people. There is life in reading the Bible. There is life in saying you're sorry when you've hurt somebody. There is life in that. I love it. Not because I'm supposed to. Not because I have anything to prove. But because it's the, it's the nature of God. It's the way he is. So guess what? It's the way I am and I'm not changing. And I just go deeper and deeper and deeper into this revelation of the transformative power of the divine life that is found in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And more and more, I want to defer to others. I want to hear their stories. I want to live in such a way that benefits them. Am I immature in places? Oh, sure. And having kids helps you realize your immaturities. <laughs> Being married helps you realize your immaturities, right? But it's, I no longer feel guilty for it. I no longer feel shame over it. I no longer feel like I'm not enough. I just feel like, oh, God's committed to my growth. Cool. Oh, this kind of hurts. Okay. Uh, but, but I don't, the, the guilt is gone. The shame is gone. The insecurity is gone. And when I feel insecurity, you know what? It's, a, it's an indicator. What am I believing? And therefore, I, go, I fall back on relationship with a good dad, with the Spirit of God, and with the person of Jesus. I fall back on these guys who they have grafted me into their life. They have grafted me into their world. And oh, by the way, it's true for you too. Guys, we got to realize that the tree of life is the cross. It's the cross. What Jesus accomplished on the cross is the tree of life. 
And Jesus has forever grafted us into his divine life. He has placed us into union with the tree of life permanently. Permanently. You can't get away from it. You can't get out of union. You can believe a lie and feel the effects of that, which may produce, if you believe it long enough, the, the, the fruit of sin, which is not fun, and it brings death, and let's not go there. But the truth is you are grafted into his life, into his world. There is no separation. We don't live in separation anymore. We live in union, and that's good news. And here's the big kicker, guys. God included all of humanity in Christ, and that is not a statement of universalism that says everyone's going to heaven. It's a statement of the the fullness and the totality of the cross. Jesus didn't just pay for a few people's sin. He paid for all of humanity's. He didn't just crucify the sinful nature in a few people, but in all people. He made a way for everyone. But just because he made a way for everyone doesn't mean everyone believes it or everyone's heard it. This is why Paul said, how will they know if there isn't a preacher? How will they know if, the peop if people don't go and tell good news? So much of humanity doesn't know, or if they have heard, they don't believe it. Therefore, they don't experience the full benefit package, and unbelief keeps them in prison to a nature that Jesus has already defeated for them. It would be like going to Disneyland, and you got a bunch of people on the outside of the gates and you're handing out free tickets. Hey, you can go inside. You can go here. You, you can go. You can explore the whole park. And they go, no, it's not for me. No, I don't believe it's good. No, I'm not going to go in. Okay. Well, just because they don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true that it's for them and doesn't mean their ticket hasn't been paid. All it means is unbelief is keeping them in a state of outside the gates. And God will let them stay there. Not because he's mean, but because he won't force you to trust him. Now, probably he's going to keep amping up the party and saying, Hey guys, this is really good. I promise. Hey, let me bring some ice cream out to you. You want some ice cream? You want to, you want to give it a little taste? See, we can, but unbelievers can taste and see the Lord is good. They can see him working in their lives even before they believe in him. God will work on behalf of unbelievers, not because, um, not because, uh, they fully believe, but because it's the Holy Spirit working to what? Convict them. Why? Because they don't believe. That's what John 16 says. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin because people don't believe, not because they don't behave, not because they don't obey, but because they don't believe. And obedience comes from faith. So what's the first part of the process? Faith. What's he awakening? Faith. What's he bringing conviction over? Faith. He's giving faith and he's trying to attack unbelief so that they can be free. Therefore, our good news is an announcement of what he has already done, not what they must do. Our announcement is to, intended to liberate and awaken faith in hearts to declare, I believe, not to be coaxed to believe, but to be overwhelmed by his faith to ultimately trust in what he did. 
It's not a call to behave right so God's okay with you. It's an announcement that God's okay with you. Really? I trust him. Boom, salvation. And the benefits of salvation, morality. (laughs) You're going to want to live a holy life. You're going to want to live a pure life. And there may be a process of letting go of old mindsets, old perspectives, hurts and pains along the way, but it's not a process of becoming. It's a process of discovering how much God has completely overhauled you and you didn't know it. So, Father, I thank you for grace to make the the adjustment in our thinking from the gospel being a call to morality to an announcement of life, to an announcement of abundant life, to a call that Christ has accomplished and fulfilled and finished the job. And we don't need to be our own God anymore. We don't need to to balance the scales anymore. We can live in faith. We can live by his grace. And I declare that the lost would come home. I declare that people would awaken to faith in Christ. I declare that there would be a great awakening not just in our nation, but in the nations to the full work of Christ and that the byproduct of that would be holy living, healthy living, healthy relationships, generosity, peace, joy, the fruit of the Spirit, that that's what we would begin to see awaken in our land. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes, and iTunes will suggest this podcast to others. Thanks, everyone, and take care.